Today on the Almond Journey podcast. Thor is actually one of the larger characters in Marvel with a huge following. And he goes on a journey, kind of the health and wellness journey. So we just thought the fit was perfect with Almond. So there's going to be a lot of excitement. You'll see a lot of ads. We're very excited as a board marketing committee. Almond Board of California Chair Brian Walbrink joins the show. to another episode of the Almond Journey podcast brought to you by the Almond Board of California. On this show, we discover how growers, handlers, and other stakeholders are making things work in their operations to drive the almond industry forward. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich, and I get to travel up and down the valley, virtually in this case, to feature the leaders who are finding innovative ways to improve their operations, connect with their local communities, and advance the almond industry. Today, we head east of Modesto down to the town of Denair to visit with Brian Walbrink of Sperry Farms. Brian grows almonds with his brother-in-law, Wes, on the fifth-generation farming operation. And as many of you know, Brian is also the current chairman of the Almond Board of California. In today's episode, Brian shares about his unique journey that led him to almonds, his long tenure on the Global Market Development Committee, keeping up with marketing a rapidly growing crop, and an exciting new partnership with Marvel, that positions almonds with the health and wellness journey of Thor in conjunction with the recently released movie Thor Love and Thunder. Brian's journey to almonds actually started in a place you might not expect, professional baseball. Yeah, so I used to play professional baseball. I signed with the San Diego Padres organization back in 2003. I played two seasons in the minors and uh, actually played with the big league club in spring training 05. I got released there in March of 05, and uh, that's actually how I found my way to the to the almond orchards was I came up to work with my brother-in-law and my father-in-law just for a short summer stint back in 05. I was going to come work the harvest, drive some tractors, and you know live like Polly Shore did in son-in-law, and then head back down to Southern California and just fell in love with the industry and fell in love with the operation. And, and farming as a whole, agriculture is a, a, a great way to make a living. So yeah, it was definitely a a long time ago, we had some fun uh, playing baseball and still have some great memories and still talk to some of the guys that I played with. So it's it was kind of a fun, uh, fun past for me. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I haven't heard a son-in-law reference in a while. <laughs> it's It's been a while. You know, I, I, if for those of those who know of that movie, I, I try to tie it in as best I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So that got you into almonds. You came for that summer and then I guess never left. So Tell us about the operation that you run, what that looks like today. Yeah, sure. Uh, when I came into the operation, uh, like I said, currently it's a fifth generation family farming operation. The Sperry family has roots that tie into the 1800s. They used to do dry land farming across the Central Valley, a uh, lot of acreage, and it kind of got split up through a few different generations. Uh, my father-in-law, Jeff Sperry, was left with 10 acres originally and it was his life stream to build that back up so we were right around a thousand acres uh, a little bit shy of that when i came on we've expanded all the way up to about two thousand acres and then sold some acreage uh in the last five years so we're about 1100 right now all almonds that's all we do the family previously like i said did wheat uh, jeff did grapes peaches walnuts in there and, and landed on almonds just with the flexibility of the the commodity itself, the ability to sell over the entire year, really saw the opportunity the almonds provide. So currently it's just myself and my brother-in-law, Wes. And like I said, he's kind of the science and the 
the soil and the ag guy behind it. And I, I try to take care of the, the business, the sales operations. But, you know, I, I think we're a pretty strong team together. Yeah, absolutely. And has it been almonds since 2005, since the whole time you've been there, just, just 100% almonds? Yeah, yeah. It was 100% almonds when I came on. I think the last peaches were in the early 90s. And then it was just a shift to almonds about mid 90s, late 90s. And we're just east of Modesto. So we're about an hour east of Modesto into the rolling foothills. And on a clear day, we can see Half Dome. It's a beautiful, beautiful site out there. So very nice property. And there's a lot of great growers right around us. A lot of guys been in the industry, multi-generational. So there's a lot of support out there in the area as well. And were your in-laws already pretty active with the almond board when you joined the operation? No, actually not, not at all. It's kind of been an interesting run for me because starting as an outsider, I didn't grow up around this. So I, you know, I grew up in Southern California. I was a surfer. People thought I was going to be either a stockbroker, a real estate broker, or a baseball player, one of those three. So I really got the opportunity to come in with a, with a fresh look and and to be honest, somebody asked me what happens to almonds after they leave your ranch in 2007. And I really couldn't give an educational answer. So I ended up uh, having my first meeting uh, at the Almond Board in 07 with one of the marketing committees with, ironically enough, another baseball player was chairman. So baseball was my connection to get into Almond Board in 07 and really just fell in love with the marketing side. So I've been involved with the marketing side with Almond Board for 15 years now. So 2007, and I'm still current sitting member on the Global Market Development Committee. We just had our meeting and we are currently marketing in 10 major markets around the world. And just, I got to take a second just to say what an amazing group of people I get to work with. It's volunteer side on the Global Market Development Committee on the board. There's 10 members, 10 alternates. But these minds that come together, we have all sorts of representation from all sides of the industry. And then the staff at Almond Board and then our, our wonderful ad agency, Sterling Rice and Porter Novelli. I just can't say enough positive things. As tough as things are in the market, we have some really great minds working together to make sure we keep driving global demand. And do you remember about how many pounds of almonds were you marketing you know, back then when you started versus now? And Sort of how has that changed the approach when it comes to you know global market development and marketing? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was right around the billion pound mark when I came on. They had already had a billion pound crop, I think, in early 2000s. I came on in 05. So we were kind of hovering right around that 1 billion pound mark. And today we are marketing over 3 billion pounds. So the crop was just a little shy of that 2.9 billion this past year. But we've really had a major jump in tonnage over the last couple of years to the tune of 600 plus million pounds. So, you know, we've seen this as the board of directors. We talked about this in uh, 2015, 2016 uh, with another great group of directors there. So we've just tried to just add a lot of fuel to the fire, keep driving these global markets and keep investing where we think the tonnage is going to go. And I think it's it's a constant discussion. Marketing is really a multi-year investment, so you can't really jump around from year to year based on large crop, small crop, but we have effectively paved a way to market effectively about 3 billion, three and a half billion pounds of almonds, which very proud to be a part of. And I think the number one thing that the pain points this year have really been, and I've said it before, the shipping logistics on the side. And I think if we didn't have these issues, we wouldn't be in this scenario. So we continue to drive markets. Almonds continue to be popular in the snack form. We used to really 
advertised more of the ingredient when I came on. And now we're really into a global snacking campaign. So there's been a lot of flexibility and a lot of discovery over the years. Very cool. And you know, this may be an, an odd way to ask this question, but I'm just curious, you know, for, for you, loving marketing, you know, you, you could have dedicated over the last however many years, all of that love of marketing just onto Sperry Farms, right? But instead, you chose to do it sort of on behalf of the whole industry. Was that a conscious decision or kind of talk to us about that, you know, as far as like choosing to dedicate so much of your life's energy to the industry rather than, you know, your business, which you obviously have a lot of responsibilities to run as well? Yeah, yeah, thanks. So I, I think there's been an emerging discussion coming out this year, starting at our strategic retreat with the board. And it's a vision that the kind of the rising tide floats all boats. And that's come across a few times in our discussions. And I'm a firm believer if you can drive the market, good things happen across the world. So, you know, it's basically down to supply and demand curve. So if you can keep driving that demand upwards, it's going to continue to move prices in a positive direction. So I've just been really fascinated with how different cultures consume almonds. And, you know, when I have the choice to either push marketing for Sperry Farms and kind of more in a the local arena or go to the global, I, I really kind of, you know, gravitate over to the global because you're working with a team, you're getting insights with things changing around the world. And and that's another thing. It's not easy. You you have changing currency markets, you have changing political issues, different wars breaking out over the years. But I think continuing to drive that and really invest our time in that uh, has really made the biggest difference over the course of the year. So it, it actually has come down to a pretty easy decision. When you're seeing this, the success year on year, I think it's it's really rewarding to see that and what it can do to the markets. I mean, I think at each checkpoint, growers have thought, okay, this is the big one. This is it. You know, when we hit a billion pounds, that's it. Market collapse is going to be under a dollar. You know, and, and and we had some really strong markets at a billion. But I think one of the most interesting points that we had was when we were approaching the two billion pound mark. And it was the same conversation. This is it over supply. We really tried to drive global marketing uh, with an extra push at this time. And we actually crossed the two billion pound mark at four dollars back to the grower almonds. And nobody thought that was possible, including me. You know, we hit the check gate and it was really an interesting time to look back and to see, you know, with the right plan and the right execution and the right measurement. Everything we do is measured on effectiveness with the global program. So and I really just chalk that up to all the individuals. And there's about 60 to 80 people involved between the almond industry members, the staff members and the agency members. And and gosh, there's so much passion behind marketing almonds. And it seems like you know, we're so lucky because it's just year on year, this keeps happening. We had a really passionate group back in 05, 06, you know, when I started and and still today, that's some faces have changed, but there's a lot of passion behind our product. Well, I'm sure you've been in some really interesting rooms uh, in your capacity as far as, you know, in different countries with very influential people that buy quite a bit of almonds. I'm curious, what are the questions that you get most? Because I imagine you are, in most cases, like the almond grower in the room. Uh, what questions do they have that, that you often get to answer? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is what's going on, like what's going on in the field. And I think there's a lot of people that work around this industry that don't know how everything works and interacts. And I think a lot of the discussion I have is really around harvesting uh, is very interesting to people, but the entire growing season and some of the challenges that we face as growers. And 
that's what's great to kind of enlighten it. And I think the big shocker for most people is the size and the scope of this, how big the industry is, how big these ranches are. And I think when there's a lot of these ideas that come out on things that we can and can't do growing, I think, you know, there's not enough credit given to almond farmers on how much land they're actually covering. And we, you know, we do a lot of tours out of one of our ranches and it's a 135 acre ranch. And, and there's a hill that I like to take people to. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a right triangle. It's a long skinny property. And we look out over the orchard and it's, it's beautiful rolling hills. And I, I say, okay, well, that's, that's the end of the orchard where, where that tower is. And it's, it's as far as you can see, they say, wow, it's, that's so big. I can't believe it. And I say, well, this is only 135 acres, you know, and then it's kind of like you let that settle in and you start looking the other direction, there's thousands of acres out there. So I think size and scope is usually a big part of the discussion. And then obviously the traders are always interested in crop size, what's going on. You know, everyone thinks they can they can have this thing figured out. And I've had uh, very good industry colleagues, you know, tell me, as soon as you think you have the online market figured out, that's when you have your worst year. <laughs> so so I try to stay humble with, with that knowledge. But, uh, you know, really, I have the ability to kind of enlighten them into some of the growing side and some of the things that the growers are dealing with. Wow. I mean, like you mentioned, the size and scale of almonds and in general in food, I, I think most of us consumers just can't comprehend that. Trying to keep up with all of it from a marketing and, and promotion standpoint has got to be a challenge. But I, I do know one initiative that I've heard you're excited about, and I know the industry is excited about, is this partnership with Marvel. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that and the significance of it for almonds? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love talking about this. I, I think in, in all my years and all 15 years I've been with marketing, this is the most exciting thing that we've done. We've done some amazing things uh, at, the, at the marketing level. But the real big win for us here is Marvel partners with a select group of people. They actually have to seek you out uh, in order to partner with them. And they are a marketing giant. They market in over 100 countries. Their size and scope of what they do is just astounding. Their movies are box office record setting each time. So we've got to work with these guys. I was also on the uh, the Thor Marvel task force as we were interacting with the marketing team members from Marvel. And it's been quite a journey. It's been a lot of work. They're very involved in how we're marketing with them. But Thor Love and Thunder releases July 8th, and we actually start our marketing uh, at the end of May. So we have a 10 or 11 week marketing run in five countries. It's going to be into the US, the UK, Mexico, Italy, and I think India is the is the last one. But we have a wonderful ad campaign built with Thor. Uh, there's a lot of synergy. And in the movie itself, uh, Thor is actually one of the, the larger characters in Marvel with a huge following. And he goes on a journey, kind of a health and wellness journey. So we just thought the fit was perfect with almonds. So there's going to be a lot of excitement. You'll see a lot of ads in the U.S. And uh, we're also featuring Almond Owl, which has been our big U.S. campaign right now. So there's some humor in there, but we're very excited as a board marketing committee. And you said that, you know, Marvel, obviously everybody knows, so they are a marketing machine and a lot of us have seen the movies, but uh, what caused them to want to seek out almonds? There was actually an award-winning ad campaign that we had out of the UK and uh, kudos to Dariella, who's one of our almond board staff members out of the UK. Uh, she was kind of the lead liaison with this campaign, but the campaign was called Do You Almond? 
And it was just these short segments and kind of showing, you know, what you can do eating almonds. And uh, there was a few really fun ones that there was, it was kind of a, a play on. There was one with a, a woman cutting wood and a squirrel was, was around a bowl of almonds. And it actually won a few awards in, in Marvel was the group that saw that and then contacted us and said, hey, like, like you guys are in California. We're in California. This is a great fit. So that ad campaign really kicked off the, the relationship on this partnership that, that's been going on, uh, gosh, almost, I think, eight or nine months. But uh, we're, we're finally here. We're, we're finally ready. Right. And, and I mean, I, th- I think there's probably some some obvious reasons why the Almond Board would want almonds to be associated with Marvel and with Thor specifically. Uh, but could you maybe talk about, you know, why in the amount of time that you've been doing this, you think this really is an exciting opportunity for almonds? Sure. You know, it's, it's always the, the conundrum of the millennials, right? And then Gen Z right behind that. And I think, you know, we target to very specific markets, uh, very specific consumers. Uh, you have to uh, when you're spending that kind of money. But really, Marvel crosses all barriers and boundaries. And the fact that it's so international, there's so many fans, it's so many different age groups. We feel this is a great partnership because it really gets us aligned with some very hard to reach groups, some some groups that even some of the marketing pros are having trouble defining. So uh, really hits home with the millennials. It really shows healthy living, healthy lifestyle snacking, um, which has really been our, our biggest success over the last 10 years. Right. And it's cool to see you build on that to something that is so, I mean, such a cultural phenomenon. I mean, Marvel has has been just culturally relevant. It feels like forever, but especially now with, with the movies they've done lately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's been amazing. You know, uh, it's been a fun run, uh, you know, working this project with them. The ads are fantastic. We got to see the ads this week. Uh, all five ads were shot uh, in a short amount of time. And and what we do, we, we feature part of the movie within the commercial. So uh, very creative commercials, uh, people kind of becoming, you know, a little superhuman eating almonds and, and doing various tasks throughout the day. So yeah, it's, it's a really great campaign, a lot of energy. Like we said, it, it's a short window. But we're very happy to see how it how it scores across many markets. Very cool. So uh, the ad campaign you said starting out here before the end of the month and leading up to the movie release, uh, there's going to be uh, you know obviously commercials on TV on the internet. I would imagine um, anything else that we can be on the lookout for specifically. Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of kind of sidebars, a lot of social media push on it. So in the U.S., I think uh, we'll see the uh, the almond owl one for the US market, but the other ones obviously are in different languages, but they have really good content, really good criteria with the commercial. So I think we're going to try to post them on my social media is uh, it's B Wally at Instagram. I'm going to try to feature each one on a different day, just so we can show everybody and, and kind of share the fun. All right, well, we'll make sure that we link to your Instagram in the show notes. And then for those of you listening, if you'd like to go directly to the website, uh, you can do so at almonds.com forward slash Thor Love and Thunder. And Brian, I understand that they've even convinced you to dress up like Thor a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was, uh, you know, one of those things we had some fun with. The first one was Almond Conference. And uh, Richard and I uh, had a good time on the show Almond Center. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the first big release that, that we were allowed to do publicly was in December. So I, I, I did don the, the Thor outfit and then uh, we had some fun on a little skit about a minute in front of a lot of people. There was about 1,200 people out there and 
about two minutes before I walked onto the stage, I was really reconsidering if this was a good idea or not, because I was realizing there's a lot of my industry members <laughs> out there and people I know. Like when you have these ideas, you don't really think through that. And then Richard did convince me to bring that uh, costume again to Dubai. So we had some fun in Dubai. And uh, actually, Richard kind of got into the trenches with me on that one. So Richard uh, had the Almond Owl costume. I had the Thor costume on and we took pictures with people for a couple of hours. But to me, that was a turning point of INC. You know, it was, it was a little serious on that first day, but that second day, like, man, these California almond guys, these guys are crazy. So we, we do it for the growers. We do it for the industry, but it was fun. We had a good time. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Way to own it though. That's good. <laughs> you have to. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And then did I hear you uh, at the beginning here? Your your term is up in August. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I'm officially done. I term out. I term out August 4th. And what that means uh, is you're allowed by uh, the federal marketing order, you're allowed six consecutive years on the board. And uh, if you're an alternate, that doesn't count as part of your time. So I've served six years as an alternate, six years as a board member. So I have to get off the board for one year. So I, I officially term out as chairman, I'll be passing the torch to to somebody else and uh, uh, hopefully giving some guidance along the way and and, and delivering a, a stronger industry. That's, that's the goal. Absolutely. And what's next for you? You know, I, I'm going to hang around for a while uh, as far as the board and the marketing goes. I think there's a little more work to be done. There's a lot of supply moving forward into the next crop. Uh, I'd like to see these prices come up. Uh, at least in deposit numbers for growers. And I think there's a lot of exciting things in the forefront uh, beyond Thor, where uh, we just approved our marketing program and uh, a lot of social media focus. We, we were identifying that as a key driver in almond consumption. And uh, we're doing another partnership with March Madness in 2023. So I'm excited about that as well. So I'll be hanging around the marketing for a while and then you know, kind of keeping my ear to the ground on the board of directors uh, as well as, as we, uh, we keep, you know, refining this industry and, and driving it forward. Well, big thank you once again to Almond Board Chairman Brian Walbrink for being on today's show. It's sure great to hear his excitement for this Marvel partnership. There are a lot of reasons for the entire industry to be excited, and that's going to be the focus of today's ABC Update. Thor Love and Thunder hit theaters Friday, July 8th. This is a massive movie for Marvel, which is one of the most well-known franchises in the world. And Almonds had a rare opportunity to be a part of this event. Almond Board Vice President of Global Market Development, Emily Fleischman, says the strategic partnership started as a result of the Do You Almond campaign that caught Marvel's attention. So the story started about a year ago. Um, Marvel actually reached out to our UK team. They had seen our Do You Almond campaign in that market and felt that it could potentially be a nice alignment for what they were looking for, which were partners to promote their new movie, Thor Love and Thunder. And uh, the regional manager in the UK, Dariella Rafe-Rakind, brought that to me and we took a look at it. And, you know, these movie partnerships are a relatively new approach for movie production houses to promote their movies. The idea is they find a brand like us, um, or, you know, any brand across the array and the brand pays for the production and the media dollars related to the ad. But you get to borrow all of the equity that those movie properties have. So you get their fan base, you get just the broad appeal, which, you know, to break through. 
through in today's consumer environment is pretty tough. So that equity can mean a lot. So I don't know if people may have seen it, but Geico partnered with Avengers Endgame. More recently, Tide partnered with the new Doctor Strange movie. So some folks listening may have seen those. But we took a look at the opportunity and just realized that the story of Thor, and he is really trying to find himself in this next movie. He came out of Avengers Endgame, starting to kind of figure out who he was. And he isn't quite back to his full strength. And so this movie is all about finding himself. And we just felt like that idea really tied in nicely with many of our markets across the globe. So we approached Marvel and came back to them and said, hey, how about partnering with the Almond Board in some of our other markets? We sat down and had a call. And so we ended up partnering with them in the not only the UK, but the US, India, Italy, and Mexico. And as Emily mentioned, this is not only a great opportunity to tell the story of almonds to a broad audience in key almond-consuming countries, but also in key demographics within those countries as well. What we hope that this does, it just has a broader spill to a broader audience. So it ties in wonderfully in those markets. Um, You know, in India, we're looking to get kind of your urban younger consumer to start snacking on almonds more readily. So it's a great tie in there. In the U.S., we're going after what we call the mindful millennial. So it ties in well with those audiences, but also goes beyond that. We've been looking for things that not only tie into our audience, our target audience, but have this broad reach. This is just a great opportunity for us. And then we have tools on the back end because, you know, ROI is something we're always focused on here at the Almond Board. But we have tools on the back end that help us understand the impact that this partnership, along with our other marketing activity, actually has in the marketplace. We were so impressed in talking with Marvel and how broad their fan base is. It's almost 50-50 male-female. And it goes across the ages, um, which was really surprising to us. You know, I did not realize that Marvel is actually a larger franchise than Star Wars. Emily added that the U.S. ads feature Al the Almond to help reach that mindful millennial audience. Those ads started in the weeks leading up to the release of the movie and continue for a while after as well. Very exciting stuff for the almond industry, so make sure you go check out Thor Love and Thunder, which is in theaters now. Thanks so much to Emily Fleischman and her team for the work they've put into this partnership. We believe everyone in the almond industry has a story of their own of how they're making things work on their farms or in their jobs. Hearing the voices of industry leaders, people like Brian Walbrink, may have sparked a connection or an idea that you can use in your own journey. That's why we want to feature these stories of innovation, resilience, and community here on this podcast. I hope you'll come along for the ride by subscribing to the show on your podcast platform of choice. And do us a favor and pass it along to others in the industry so we can all share in this Almond journey together. 